1: Hey everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSE podcast. This is episode 186 and you'll notice the title. My partner's definition of quote, what is porn is different from mine. We are at an impasse. Now what? Mm. And this comes from a, a PBSE E listener writing us uh, a partner of a, of a porn sex addict in recovery. She is the partner and wrote us in this scenario. And so I will read it. it. says, my husband and I have been in healthy recovery for an extended amount of time. Uh, he thinks someone can be objectified whether they have clothing on or not. So if he wants to watch a movie where he knows there is a scene with nudity, and then she puts in parentheses, that has nothing to do with the topic of the movie, close parentheses, as long as he knows his intent And purpose for watching the movie, it doesn't break his boundaries of relapse or acting out or even porn to him. Then she says, has an interesting little two-word sentence. I'm dying. Mm, Yeah. He can see how the scenes would upset me, but he won't call them what they are. Pornography in all caps. Is he just in denial? When we have a conversation and I tell him the honest truth that I want him to choose me and my feelings over the movie, he states he feels like he has to comply and that that diminishes his sense of self and his individuality. Mm. Okay. Wow. We kind of have that classic classic
0: example of, of two members of a coupleship at an impasse not just over this topic, because this is a fairly common one where this happens, but we've got two different perspectives right uh, that are and both people are fairly galvanized in their positions. it sounds like, and the question becomes you know how do we navigate this, right? How do we look at this? How do we approach it? How do we navigate it and And I'm really glad that this came through because this Mark and I were talking about this before we we got started today, even though we do navigate this kind of a scenario all the time in our individual clinics all the time in our dare to connect program for couples um this is i i'm i do not know if we've addressed this topic quite this the way we're going to do it today um from kind of the collaborative uh you know how do a partner and how to how do both partners come together and, and work through something like this and what are the roles for each one when navigating a scenario like this in, in quite this fashion um,
1: because well, and the, other, this, okay, the other thing about this, you know, if 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 I was out there pulling up this podcast episode, and I hadn't, I didn't know Mark and Steve, or their Dare to Connect program, or you know them as therapists, I'll tell you what my brain would say almost immediately, <laughs> looking at this title: Oh, great! Here come the moral police, mm. <laughs> or here comes sure. the big gigantic religious lecture, or. We're going to split hairs on what what defines porn, what doesn't define porn. And you and I talked about this before this episode. That is not at all the way we are coming at this. No, to no, make a we've... big bold declaration about any you know, about the moral issues or where the split hairs are. You know how to how to walk that line. Now, don't mistake us. We have some pretty strong feelings about the need for moral values and sound principles and, you know, dignity and appropriateness and respect and not, you know, being very careful of what objectifies in a culture. We have some very strong feelings about all of that, but that's not the approach with this episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. And, and, and we do, we have done plenty of other episodes. We'd invite you guys to go back and and look, uh, we've done at least two that I know of for sure where we kind of outline and define pornography, Mm -hmm. right? What does that look like and how it's defined by intention? And that's, and like Mark said, that's a valid discussion to have, but it's not the conversation we're having today because we have covered that before. What we want to really cover is this couple's dynamic, right? How do we navigate issues like this that have tremendous uh, value and sometimes tie into really important issues like safety. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where we're going to come at this today. So to kind of kick off the discussion here, um, you know, at the end of the, and at the end of the submission, it said, you know, he states, he feels that that like if he has to comply with, with this partner's wishes, that that diminishes his sense of self and his individuality. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause what I hear him referencing is part of a bigger topic that we discuss on our dare to connect program all the time when we're working with couples, which is authenticity. Yeah. What is the authentic self? And we have done many other podcasts that cover the authentic self. So we won't jump into this too much but if we were just to give you the really quick definition that we kind of use that encapsulates that right the authentic self more or less is who am i you know deep down the values or the attributes that 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 i possess or that my partner possesses but then also you know what am i the values and and the attributes that i'm trying to cultivate as a person and who i'm trying to become so who i am what really makes me up on a core level right underneath all of the different onion layers, so to speak. And then who am I trying to be? Right. That's, that's, that's the authentic self.
1: Yeah. What is, what is my, what, what is my complete whole self and the journey taking me to that completeness? Right. What, what is, what is my higher self? What is my bigger self? What am I trying to get to? What am I trying to evolve to? And do the things that I'm pursuing, the priorities I have in my life, are they helping me in that direction? And, you know, kind of a vehicle to move me towards that place? Or are, they, or are they distracting or diminishing or slowing me down or stopping me in that journey? Yeah, that's uh, very true.
0: Well, and this journey for authenticity is a lifelong one, right? It's something that we're constantly discovering, uncovering, learning more about. And it does evolve over time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, 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 and we talk about those, that, those elements of authenticity a lot. But one part that's going to be relevant, one part of the authentic self that is relevant to this discussion that is very difficult for people to often navigate, I think, is pa- particularly us addicts due to, well, a variety of reasons, but, the, you know, the denial, the minimization that we struggle with, um, the addiction itself. I mean, there's a lot of character, other character defects. Um, we really struggle with the other half, which is, which is basically breaking down and having a very clear self-understanding. Of not just what I value and prioritize as part of my authenticity, but also how do I take and hold those priorities in a balance. Meaning when I come up against situations uh, or issues, be it with my partner or others, where two where two elements of my authenticity are being tugged at, right? help i need to have a clear understanding of the priority list the the totem pole the the ladder rungs whatever analogy you want to use of which pieces of me are quote more authentic than the other parts Mm -hmm. right which what what which because the reality is right we all have as when i was growing up as a kid i had certain values that i really really wanted to pursue and many of those that are authentic to me i've continued to pursue i also really wanted to be an archaeologist but then I found out that they were poor, and so I <laughs> decided to stop because I didn't. I didn't want to go that route. Right? It was less of a priority for me. It was authentic for me to want to to discover things and 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 to have adventure. But I found other more effective ways to do that. Right? So we all have these different levels of priority priori- priority and having being able to weigh those in balance with each other especially when it comes to intimate relationships is a really critical, important component of
1: this, of this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the things that became a really uh, critical, critical part of my mindfulness as a guy in recovery. One of you know, you and I, Steve, we talk a lot about thinking errors. We talk a lot about character defects. We talk a lot about ideas that we obtain along the way from the time we're kids and teens and young adults and well into our adult lives, Mm, different belief systems. We develop different stuff that we latch onto as being, you know, super critical or super important or whatever. And one of the big things for me in recovery is I found that those things that I thought were critical, you know, die on the hill, you know, um, non-negotiables. A lot of that has changed for me. Mm. And one of the things that I discovered personally about my, my personality is there was a part of me that developed uh, as a kid, a teen, a young adult that was kind of a, I want what I want and I want it now, right? And just this kind of self-absorbed, you know, get what I want in this moment because I feel compelled to go after it and I got to have it. I'm, I'm going to get it. It, and it's all about me. That changed a lot in my recovery as I started to. And that's not to say that my needs aren't legitimate. It's not to say that you and I talk about the, the, You talk about a lot, Steve, the thing of um, quote healthy selfishness. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is a place for that self care and and all those things, so that I can be in a, a good, healthy, you know, stable authentic place so that I can then show up for others. That's all very legitimate. But I discovered this, this, this thing for me that was very much coming out of the the very self-absorbed narrowed place of addiction. And, And we talk about addiction, everybody as coming from a place where I'm trying to meet very legitimate needs and because of the dysfunction or abuse or trauma or stress or insecurities or whatever, I have needs that don't get met. And so I turned to addiction outlets to meet those legitimate needs. Mm -hmm. And as I started to get those needs identified and met in healthy ways, I started to discover this other place that quite frankly for Mark became almost magical. I began to move from the space of me to the space of we, W-E, from me to we, and especially with my spouse. Now I discovered there was not only my authenticity, what matters most to Mark? What are die on the hill issues for Mark? But then suddenly, this new world was what are authentic die on the hill issues for us? Yeah. For me and my spouse together. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of like a new experience. Mm -hmm. What is this? And now I started to discover this crazy thing of, well, what is love then? What is this thing called love? And for, for much of me, I, I thought lust was love. I had to learn about that through recovery. But also, you know, what, what saddens my heart that has disappeared in our culture a lot is this whole concept of, of we as it applies to, for example, sacrifice. Yeah, I want this for me, but I want this for us more. And so I'm willing to give up something over here to have something more over there. And so this me to we concept was a horribly difficult part of my recovery because I developed some very narcissistic tendencies because of my trauma and abuse as a kid, where I just said, I, I got to take care of me. Nobody else is here for me. I got to hunker down. I, I don't have anything for anyone else. I carried a lot of that into my, into my marriage. And and learning to go from me to we was a giant part of my recovery journey. That's a big part of what we're talking about today. And I wonder where this guy is in that part of his evolution. Yeah,
0: that's a great, it's a great question. And, and the, you know, holding these things in balance with each other, I mean, they're no small task, right? When we're, when we're navigating relationships, there are lots of pieces at play and, and we haven't even gotten to, and we should talk about, you know, the, of course we have the the, the addict side of this component, but then we also have the partner side of this component. And yes. as you can see from the the submission, right? She's she has some very strong feelings and understandably so. Even though she doesn't vocalize it in this way, this is clearly a huge safety issue for her. Yes. Um right. She's having a hard time feeling safe in the relationship every time he engages, you know, with 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 these with these uh you know these different movies or or puts her himself, I guess you could say, at risk, quote unquote, um, in this way. I think it symbolizes, among other things for her, definitely two things, right? One, um, that she worries a lot about his. where is he at in his headspace, right, and taking care of himself, mm-hmm. right, in his recovery and staying in a healthy place. But then the other component is, well, what Im- is the impact that it's having on her safety, right? And how do I, you know, how do I stay safe in here? And, and you know, when we talk about the couple's dynamic, kind of going back to that, because I know that's our focus today. I mean, I can really relate to this. I know Mark can as well. I, pretty and I, geez, before we found healthier ways to dialogue about things, I mean, we would get mired in conversations like this all the time, and it could be about pornography. It could be about anything, right? Where I would become dug in on one premise, my wife would become dug in on the other, and we would end up talking about it from, for example, a moralistic perspective, the right or the wrong. Or we'd end up talking about it from the, you know, maybe we'd bring the finances into it or, or, or other factual elements, right? So we'd use everything from facts to moral ambiguity as a way to try to get the other person to back down, to change, whatever. And there are two problems with that approach. The first is usually in those conversations, and at least in my experience, I think, again, Mark would echo this, um, those are not the actual issues at play. Yeah. Right, We're talking about them because they're more comfortable and they're easier to identify. They're less vulnerable. They, they put us ourselves less out there. They require less awareness to bring to the surface. But they, that's, the, that's the one problem. We're not usually talking about the right issues. The other problem is that there's an incorrect delegation of responsibility to one degree or another oftentimes going on in the conversation about who is responsible for what. Mm, right yes um for example like in this dynamic right if we were to talk about the partner side of this because we want partners to feel uh feel engaged here as well right on the on the authentic side of of well before we go to partners sorry i'm going to shift back if we talk about the addict here for just a minute the addict has a choice to make here right when it goes back to this kind of prioritizing concept and tying that in with mark's definition you know of love what does that look like right? He has, uh, every husband for themselves has to, has to decide a couple of things in their marriage. One, what things am I willing to tolerate or not? And what things am I looking for or not right in a partner? And that's not just a one-time decision. That's an ongoing one, just like it is for both partners. But then there's this other element, this prioritization, right? Because like Mark was saying there, it isn't just a me when you enter a relationship, it becomes a we. And the last thing we want to do is go into a, a codependent state of being and we're not wanting to go there. We've we spent a lot of time talking about this dynamic on dare to connect the last couple of months and, and getting pulled into the drama triangle and all sorts of other things with that. Um, what What we need to be asking ourselves is the question is, you know, if I, I have this part of me that says, "I should be loud or able, I able, right? I should be able to watch these videos that have these scenes in them, right without, without having an impact. And and that right out the gate is not a realistic statement, <laughs> right? Everything that we do in a marriage or don't do always has some sort of an impact. So we have to rephrase that by take that other piece off of that. But but really what it comes down to at the core level for this gentleman is in the context of one's own authenticity, one has to ask, and I'm not saying this in a way that's trying to garner anyone response. This is a serious question where it's kind of an obvious answer to some for this particular dynamic but or the subject matter, but it remains the same across the board. Which element of this is more authentic to me? Do I, is my authenticity fed more by watching movies that have these scenes contained in them? Or is my authenticity fed more by the safety that comes with my wife and the connection that comes from her feeling chosen in these moments, right? Kind of, and, and tying in with that using Mark's phrase, right? Which of those, I can't I can't have both of these hills. I have the army to take one. I can take one or the other, but I don't, I can't have both, right? And sometimes that's the way authenticity works. Sometimes we may have one part of us that is in conflict with the other. Now, personally, I think that there's something to be said about the authenticity around this specific topic. We're just using this more as a general rule, right? But I, at the end of the day, I have both the right and the obligation to decide for me, right? Which of those feeds my authentic self, who I am and who I'm trying to become
1: more, Well, and I'm glad you said you just stopped and said that for a second, Steve, because as soon as I read this, boy, oh boy, did this bring back memories of Mark in my my early to (laughs) mid-range recovery. Here's what I would immediately ask this guy. How good do you really believe you have become at what, Steve, you and I call absolute raw in the trenches self-honesty? Yeah. What is this guy's ability to to be able to step back and come out of his ego and come out of this? Why why can't I have what I want when I want it and say, let me look, let me look deep down in my soul about this whole nude scenes and movies issue. First of all, is it really authentic for me? Mm. I'm not convinced that he's done the deep work where he can really say at the end of the day yeah, this is this is an integral part of me. It's authentic. It's it's part of my journey and adding to my higher self to be able to express my my choice and, and my artisticness and whatever. I'm not convinced he's done the deep work where he could really step back as an objective observer and say, Is my participating in those movies and those scenes really truly authentic to the higher me? Sure. I wonder about that because I would, I would have, I'll have to tell you after all these years of recovery and everything I've been through, I can't go, I don't care how artsy it is or how in tune with the plot or how beautifully it's portrayed. I can't go do nude scenes in movies and come away thinking that was a super healthy, me in my higher place, better man, you know, greater perspective. I, I just can't do it with those scenes. I can't.
0: No, I would agree. And I know it's kind of a side topic because it is this, you know, there's the there's the issue and then there's this topic, but I would agree with that completely. I mean, I both Mark and I have engaged in far more uh, sexually compromising activity than I think either one of us would care to admit, including, you know, lots and lots of pornography, lots and lots of nudity. And I mean, I look back and hands down, I can't think of it. It's very easy. I can answer straight in the eye. Not a single time did I ever walk away, like you said, Mark, like, wow, I was uplifted by that. You know, that that really added to my day or added to my experience or made me a better person. Yeah, or, I'm a better you know, man because of that. I'm, it just, I'm more,
1: It's never happened. Yeah, okay? I'm more faithful to my wife because I saw that scene.
0: I can't even think of a time where that's somehow added to the plot of a movie in a way that somehow mm-hmm. conveyed something. Yeah, it's
1: a, it's a tough thing.
0: So anyway, that's not, not to get off yeah, on the rails. And, it, of that, but.
1: and again, I, you know, uh, I also... Part of this moving from me to we. If my wife and I, and not if we, actually had this situation just the other day, we were thinking of going to a concert uh, in another state, and I pulled up an image of who was performing at the concert, and it was a kind of a a gal, you know, a rock and roll gal who was scantily clad, and it had a video showing her performing, and my wife saw it on my phone, and I could tell immediately by her. Her body language, the expression on her face, that would not be a healthy experience for us. Mm, No way, no how. Yeah, And we were able to look at each other and I was, I didn't go to shame or thinking, oh, geez, I'll never be able to do anything like this. It has the least bit of whatever in it, right? Resentment and frustration. I just looked at her and I just, we both looked at each other and she said, yeah, this would not be a good idea. And I said, you know what? I agree. I don't think that would be good for us or for me, right? But if she were to be honest, what could she could express? And she has expressed this to me. She said, Mark, I'm not comfortable because I have to tell you, I'm I'm older now. I don't look like I did when we were 20. And I have to tell you that I would have struggles with comparison. I would be struggling greatly to watch you to see what you are watching. Mm, What's going through my husband's head. And who is he seeing there on that stage? And how does he see that person compared to how he sees me? She's just she'd be honest with you today, and she said, "I know that that's maybe not as evolved as I could be as a person, but I have to tell you, it's still hard. It's mm. still hard. And wanting to get in tune with what love is, and this me to we, uh, I want I want to be very sensitive to that, and I don't want to go have an experience that I know would be like that for her." Yeah. Let's say that I could be okay. Let's just let's just give you the benefit of the doubt and say, "You know what? Mark could be okay. He wouldn't objectify, he'd use his skills and his tools. He, it really could be a good experience for him." If it could not be that for her, I don't want to go.
0: Yeah, because again, don't it, comes want to back, go. it comes back to this authenticity question, right? Is that am, am I if I'm championing recovery, right? And I'm championing growth and I'm championing safety? I have to just ask myself, right? Does that, does that impact me? Is it worth a, is it worth the risk to me? But like you're saying, right? How will that impact my partner?
1: Yeah. Um, how and, and will and that the, impact
0: us? I mean, what's it, it I, I would completely agree to me. The phrase just comes to mind to me. It's just not worth it on both accounts.
1: Yeah. The, I love that fronts. phrase. It's just, it's just not worth it. It's not now, worth it I mean. as we wrap up here, let's say that we have a scenario here where this couple, he says, you know what? That's authentic to me. That is a big part of my higher self to be able to see those movies. And mm-hmm. she says, not for me. And now sure. we're, we're basically at, we're, we're at an impasse.
0: Well, and, and yeah, and, and that, and that definitely could, and, and ignoring the fact that there are probably other issues that play underneath if a husband takes that there approach on this particular a topic. a lot <laughs> of
1: other, this is a symptom, everybody <laughs> listening, please know that this is a symptom, a significant we, symptom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But if we set it aside for the sake of argument, right, which is good, because that's what we're here to do. Uh, then this, this is where we shift to the partner's piece as we get to the close here because the partner side of this is just as important. On Dare to Connect, our program for addicts, spouses, and couples, the last two months we focused heavily on codependency, specifically this month we've been dealing in the drama triangle. And for those who don't know, the drama triangle is a theory postulated years and years ago about the roles people take on when they're trying to authentically have needs met. And two of those roles would be, we would classify as the as what we would call the victim and what we would call the perpetrator or the bully, okay? yeah, the so persecutor. aggressor, yeah. the persecutor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at a dynamic like this, oftentimes it's very easy for spouses. And I'm, we're not saying this happened in this, in this particular vein, but there's a possibility. Um, it's very common for couples in this dynamic to find themselves in a drama triangle-like venue here where they're trying to both get their needs met. But again, there, it's happening in either inauthentic or manipulative ways. And, and and it can be so subtle, we don't even realize that we're doing it. Sometimes even when, we, when we've been in recovery for a long, long time, you know, codependency runs really deep and is very hard to detect, especially if you're not focused on it. And we have worked with many spouses. And again, we're not saying that this spouse is doing this, but it's, it's very easy for a spouse to fall into a victim role through the lens of, hey, I need to be safe and you need to make me safe. Mm. Right, and sometimes we will get a spouse will find themselves, and we being coming caught there, where we without realizing we're transferring responsibility of our safety to our partner. When the reality is, is when you look at at the dynamic of how that works. And again, we've 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 just had a session about this today on Dare to Connect and with the addicts. When you look at that dynamic for what it really is, who's at the end of the day whose responsibility is anyone's safety in a relationship? It's the responsibility of the self right now i now one of the many goals and one of the many ideals that most people uphold in a relationship is that i want to choose somebody or be with somebody who's going to champion my safety wherever possible right yes. i think we can all agree on that absolutely right and, and that is a key, and, and it's true if there's sa- if there's no safety on any level in a relationship or even a majority those relationships do not last for very long if however we come across a situation again this one may not be super realistic for this where the addict is just in that authentic place and this is who they are and this is where they're at, your fall pack position as a partner, this is where boundaries come into play, right? Boundaries are, the ideal is, I want us both to be championing and seeking our, our own mutual safety and our authenticity. If, however, in a certain situation, my partner, my respective partner, be it addict or spouse, is either A, not willing or B, not able to provide that for me, that responsibility always defaults back to me. And and what boundaries do I need to hold, as well as what consequences might I need to impose to keep myself safe? Mm-hmm. We've done many other podcasts on boundaries and consequences. Consequences are not punishments. We reference you to those those uh, those sessions to look more into that. But boundaries always come back to what do I need to keep myself safe? So, for example, if if I'm using boundaries in a healthy way, one might be able to see how that would shift this conversation, rather than falling into that victim role or my I'm putting my partner now in this persecutor or bully role of they're the one you know they're not providing what I have to have them provide and now I'm a victim because I can't have safety because they won't provide it I take safety I create it right and that might mean taking space for you after you go and watch those kinds of movies that might need that might mean needing to hear a report from you if you're not willing to stop watching them talking about what you did to get into clear headspace afterwards. That might mean abstaining from physical contact for a time, depending on the dynamic, if that's what's needed for safety, right? There's a whole list of how that can look that don't involve the other party, right? So it always comes back to, right, which which parts of this can I own, right? Yeah. And, and we can, by the way, we don't have time on the podcast. We can make this exact same argument the other way around. Because an addict in this situation oftentimes feels the same thing. I'm a victim, right? She's just want I Here I am just trying to pursue my quote unquote authentic self. And she's just wanting me to do these things and wants me to pursue her needs. And when does it ever end? All right. I have heard that from so many guys. (laughs)
1: It's,
0: It's ridiculous, right? But at the end of the day, where does that responsibility fall? It's my responsibility to advocate my needs, discover what they are authentically, and then make a decision based on those needs whether it's through boundaries or through other, other means. But the minute we turn over our happiness to the other person and we say, Hey, provide this. We are trudging most likely in almost every case into codependent territory pretty quickly.
1: Right. Right. So, and some, you know, you know, in finishing up, someone might say, well, what are the two of you saying? What, what if this guy doesn't want to give up these movies that he likes to watch? And and his partner says, she insists that he does. Are you saying that this could actually end the relationship?
0: And in, in theory, in theory, again, I I don't think it would happen in most cases with this specific venue, but in theory, possibly, right? We all have the sovereign right and, and obligation, both. It's a right and an obligation to decide what I can and cannot accept in a relationship. As a therapist, I have had clients literally want me to split the baby and say, Steve, tell me what I should want in this relationship right? Both addicts and partners. What should I expect? And I can give general guidance about what healthy connection looks like, right? I can give general guidance about what a healthy relationship will look like. And I can teach those concepts at the end of the day, but I'm not the one stuck with that person for forever, (laughs) right? At the end of the day, they're the ones that have to own that choice and they're the ones that have to decide for them what is authentic here. And so while I would never want a marriage to end over something like this, and I think that there are a lot of other ways we could work on this, like in a therapeutic setting. If at the end of the day, we went through all of those kinds of things, and for a wife, this was absolutely 100% non-negotiable, cannot stay in a relationship, boundaries won't work, et cetera, Well, then we are looking at some hard decisions, right? But again, there are lots of steps to take before we get there.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, um. Well, we hope this has helped. We know it's a, it's a really short, short venue to to tackle such yes. a complicated issue like this. And we, part of my concern is that there's a lot of chance for misunderstanding where we're coming from in this. And we, we kind of took a big risk because <laughs> there's, <Okay. laughs> what are you saying? That it could be okay for him to watch those scenes in movies? We're not saying any of those things at all.
0: No, this has nothing to do with, um, this is not a moral judgment call as we started this thing. This isn't about the morality of it. This is, we're using a, an example submitted to us to try to demonstrate how as a couple do we tackle these topics. Exactly. Because right? yeah, at the end exactly. of the day, you guys are the ones that will be living with it, right? We would care about you way too much. The, the Honestly, the easy answer would be to come on this podcast and just throw a bunch of morality at you and just say, this is what you should do. And this is what you shouldn't. And why should you or shouldn't you do it? Because Mark and Steve said so. That's why. And we don't do that. Here. Um, yeah. the harder response is to be able to tell you, look, at the end of the day, you've got to decide for you what this is going to be. Right. We can give general guidance around those moral, the moral side of it and what we think and what we feel. But we will always, a good therapist will always allow you to own your choices and get you where you want to go, so long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, not get you where they want, they want you
1: to go. Yeah. So, and if you yeah. want to way more in depth with all of this, please come mm-hmm. over and join us at Dare to Connect. Uh, Jeez, absolutely free two week trial. Try it out. Uh, we get together four times a week and we get into way deep, uh, way deeper than we could go today on these kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Come on over to daretoconnectnow.com and try that out.
0: All those 10 follow-up questions you're all dying to ask us right now. That's where you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. You do that over there.
0: Get on over there. We'd love to have you join us.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks for being with us. And, uh, we will pick things back up on our next episode, of PBS. E.
0: Have a great day. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.